stay tuned. Good morning, Hope City Church. How are you all doing this morning? Welcome to Student Takeover Sunday. How awesome was that worship team? We love our youth students around here, and today is the day where we get to take over every area. They are in the parking lot. Did y'all see them out in the parking lot? Were they waving? They're in the parking lot, they are greeting, they are ushering, they are on the stage emceeing, and we're so excited that you're here for Student Takeover Sunday. Whether you're, I wanna welcome you, whether you're in this room or maybe you're in the next gen auditorium with your family or tuning in online, but I just want to say welcome. My name is Katie, and I am one of the associate pastors here at the church, and I'm just honored to be able to be speaking to you all this morning on this awesome day. I couldn't be more proud of all these students who have worked really, really hard to make this day amazing. So I actually have two daughters that are like, can I go to youth group with you, mom? Can I go with you? And I'm like, not yet, because they're first grade and fourth grade. I'm like, you're not in middle school yet. One day you get to go because they're so excited about one day being a part of our Wednesday night impact students. So I actually get the privilege of hanging out with these students every single Wednesday night. And even though I love Sundays here at Hope City, Wednesday for sure has my heart. My heart is with those students on Wednesday nights. And actually, some of you might not know this, but before I was a pastor, I actually was a middle school math teacher. How many of you all, that is your favorite thing? Middle school math, anybody? Anybody? No, just me, that's okay. Actually, somebody told me one time that like elementary teachers become teachers because they love kids and they just wanna be around little kids all the time and high school teachers become teachers because they love the content. They just love English and social studies and middle school teachers become teachers because they're like a little bit crazy, yeah? Yeah, maybe, but I am kidding because I love my middle schoolers and my high schoolers at Impact. And I just wanna give you like a quick rundown of what Wednesday nights look like, what Impact looks like. So when the kids show up, their parents drop them off and we're out front, we got music blaring, games going, football, volleyball, all the things happening out front and just hanging out together. Um, getting a little sweaty sometimes, but that's the best part is that they get to be together and have a great time. And then we bring them in uh, and they go to the Next Gen Auditorium. If you haven't seen that yet, check it out. It's pretty awesome over there. And uh, we actually have games for them in there. So we, we either have Game Master Brents, he's one of our youth leaders, or Skylar Garrett gets up there and we have these awesome games. Some of them are a little bit different, like trying to find gummy worms inside of mud. It's like, and they eat it, but it's actually pudding. Don't worry, it's not really mud, but they love it. They have a great time with that. Or this one time they were like shoving uh, marshmallows in their mouth and had to say fluffy bunny at the same time. So that was interesting, a little sticky sometimes, but awesome. Uh, we do water balloon fights, snowball fights, healthy competition with these students, but so much fun. And then we worship together and have like those hype songs like we just listened to and the kids are all jumping up and down, worshiping the Lord, um, getting a little more sweaty, but that's okay. Because side note, I'm pretty sure two months in, the youth leaders kind of get used to the stinky smell of the kids sometimes, but, <laughs> but it's all worth it. We love it. And then after they worship together, myself or one of the leaders has a message that we prepared just for them. And there's definitely the first five minutes, it's like, 
they're not really paying attention. They're looking for a pin or they're looking for their friend or they're storming out because someone hurt their feelings. Or one time I looked up and there was like kids like climbing over chairs and I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just gonna keep on talking, right? <laughs> but that's okay. Cause sometimes I look around and I see you all doing some of, the, some of those things, not climbing over chairs yet, but you never know. And then about 15 minutes in, it's like blank stares. And that's when I'm like, oh, it's time to start praying now. They're done, they're done. They got like a 10 minute window that I get to preach to them, but then they get something out of it because then afterwards they go into their growth groups, which is like they have a middle school girls growth group, high school girls growth group, middle school boys, high school boys, and they talk about the message. And they, you know, it can be anything going on in their lives they get to talk about, but they also get to pray together, which they love. And they could pray for anything from like their neighbor's sick kitten to like God's direction for their life. Like this is like all over the place, but I love that about my students. Like they just wanna go to God with anything and everything. And so they love a place like their growth groups where they can feel safe, where they can build friendships and we have awesome leaders that lead them. So maybe you're thinking like, these kids are sweaty and competitions and are they paying attention? Like maybe she is a little crazy, like middle school teacher, but I want you to know today it's all worth it. Every broken microphone, every torn curtain, every stain on the brand new carpet, sorry to all the people that may have laid the carpet, <laughs> we clean it up, it's fine. But staying here till midnight, three nights in a row for summer camp, all of it is worth every second. Why? Because we get to see students' lives completely transformed. We get to experience students going from dead to life. You see, when sin entered the world, with Adam and Eve, we became separated from God. We are all separated from God. Adults, students, kids, everyone. And no one has to teach us to sin. It comes from our own desires. In fact, in James 1 verse 14 and 15, it says, temptations come from our own desires, which entice us to, and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It's part of our DNA. We are born sinners. We act upon the sin and it gives birth to death. But Paul tells us in the book of Romans how we can be alive again. It's in Romans 5, verse 21. It says, just, so just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead of instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Every week at Impact, I get to see students that were dead commit their life to Jesus and they're a whole new person. They're alive again. I, like all of you, was a teenager at one point in my life where I was walking around lifeless and empty and I didn't really know it. I was trying to fill things with this world, work hard, get a degree. I went to church. I thought I understood religion and what it was like, but I never had a relationship with Jesus. I was striving to strive for more. Education was important, team sports, all of that was important, but I was missing something. I, like many of you, felt empty on the inside and I was trying to search for something to make me feel whole. A relationship, party, vacation, college, a career. Things that the world tells you will make you feel complete. But eventually I had all of that, all, the life that I've always dreamed of, but still there was something missing. Have you ever felt that way? 
It wasn't until I committed my life to Jesus that I felt alive for the first time. I remember exactly when it happened. I was actually in this auditorium when everything aligned. My foundation growing up in church aligned with a relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit came and I remember what I was wearing. I remember what I said. I remember everything about it. And people that have experienced that have said to me, and I've said this too, I wish I started my relationship with Jesus sooner. But this next generation won't have that same regret because we have students giving their life to Jesus between the ages of 11 and 18 years old. That is what, why I love Wednesday nights. That is why my youth leaders show up each and every week. It's our favorite part. We see students coming reluctantly because a friend drug them there or because a mom dropped them off or grandma dropped them off and they had to come. And then they commit their life to Jesus and they're completely transformed because Jesus changes everything. In John 5 verse 24 says it perfectly. It says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God, in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have passed from death into life. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. The moment where you pass from death to life, the moment that you were dead and now you're alive. And I know you want that for your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and every child or person in your life, you want that. And the older they get, the more you're worried about their future. You start thinking about their future. My daughters are a little younger, so I don't think about it as often, but I will. The older they get, I'm worried you're gonna start thinking about things that are like, what are they gonna be like? What career are they gonna have? Who are they gonna marry? Will I like them? Will they like me? All these things and worries that come up because we want the best for the, for the children in our life, our nieces, our nephews, our students, all of them. We want what's best for them. We worry about their future. Maybe you're worried because they're heading down a destructive path or because they f you feel like maybe someone is influencing them that you don't really trust or perhaps you've been, they've been struggling with depression or anxiety. Today, we're gonna learn that the things that we think are important for our students are temporary, but a relationship with Jesus impacts them forever. We're gonna look at a story in the book of Luke chapter seven. And this is actually one of the times that Jesus literally brought a child back to life. And the reason it's important is not because we're, not, we're grieving the loss of a child, even though I know some of us are going through that, but it's because we have a generation, the next generation, the teenagers that are struggling because they're spiritually dead and they need Jesus to bring them to life. In a world of pain and turmoil, Jesus is the only constant hope. We have a next generation that is chained up by sin, walking around lifeless, but God's grace can help them find freedom. They are searching and hungry for truth. And we're gonna read today about Jesus raising a mother's child from the dead. And he can say, do the same for your children too. Let's read it together. If you have your Bible, go ahead and get that out. Luke chapter seven, we're gonna start in verse 11. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son and a large crowd from the village was with her. Verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. 
don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Verse 16, great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, a mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. What an incredible story where Jesus brings a widow's only son back to life. And some of you might be thinking, that seems a little dramatic. Like my student, my child, my niece, like they're right here with me. They're not dead. But this has been the topic of conversation since the beginning. God said to Adam, if you eat that apple, surely you will die. And they ate the apple and they suffered the consequences and we suffer the consequences and the next generation suffers the consequences. So what can we do? What can we do to help them find freedom, help them find life? Maybe we can like just beat them over the head with rules, make sure they have the right rules, right? No. Maybe we can make sure they go to the right school. That's important, but that's not the only thing. That's not what we need to do. Maybe we could keep them in a bubble till they're 25. Come on, moms, like you've thought about that, right? <laughs> Maybe let's keep them like locked up in the house for the 25, that'd be good, right? Or maybe make sure they hang out with the right people or read some bunch of parenting books. I don't know about you, but like when my kids were first born, it was like parenting books, like I didn't figure out how to do this, right? Those aren't bad things, not all bad things, but for the time that we have left, I wanna look to this story and see that they have three things in here that we need to do for the next generation. Three things that we need to do for the next generation. Number one comes from verse 15. It says, then the dead boy sat up and began to talk and Jesus came in back to his mother. He began to talk. So the first thing we need to do is we need to give them a voice. We need to give our students a chance, our children a chance to stand up and talk about what God has done for them, how he brought them back to life, how he showed up in the middle of their pain and gave them hope, how he freed them from their sins. The moment that Jesus raised this boy from the dead, he began to speak and I can guarantee you he had something he wanted to say. And the news spread about Jesus throughout Judea and surrounding countrysides, countries hearing about Jesus because a child spoke up. So at this moment, I'm actually gonna do just that. I'm gonna, gonna invite one of our students up here so that she can share her story and how the way that when she shared her story, it impacted the world around her. If you welcome Jordan Rich, you welcome her. Hi, Jordan. Hi. Hi, tell me, okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and when you first came to Hope City and all that, so. Okay, so I started coming to Hope City around the age of eight. Um, so I only came like on and off, but once my uh, grandfather passed away, I told myself like my mama shouldn't have to go and like sit in service by herself anymore. Right. So I would come in here and sit with her and listen to Pastor Jason. <laughs> um, so I, my parents didn't really come because it was just kind of like me and my grandma's type of thing. Um, so I, the like during Christmas of 2018, um, I told myself, I was like, hey, I'm gonna like, I wanna get baptized. And so the, during that time, I got baptized and then my parents showed up and then along with like my aunt and then my mom's family and my dad's family and like everybody came to my baptism. 
and then so it was like they wanted to come after that because mm-hmm. they enjoyed the experience and they enjoyed the sermon so they just started coming more and more often that's awesome so your outward expression of what god was doing inside your baptism brought your family here and now they would say they are following jesus they're at church they're involved because of what you did which is incredible that's so incredible so how has impact and coming on wednesday nights like changed or grown that relationship with jesus okay so on Wednesdays, I met one of my closest friends, her name's Jordan Dungey. <laughs> I met her, and so, like, I feel like if I didn't show up, then I wouldn't have that relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And then I have met so many other people that if I ever was in trouble, I feel like I could depend on them be- yeah. because of Jesus. Yeah. So you have a relationship with Jesus, relationship with all your friends, an impact, and what you've done is now changed your family, and you brought friends, too. Yeah, I brought multiple friends to Jesus, and they enjoy it just as much as me, and I'm trying to get them as that's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. Such an incredible story. Uh, she was 10 years old when she got baptized and it like brought her family along with her. And so the first thing that we see in this story that we need to do is give these students, give our children the opportunity to speak, opportunity to stand up and say, this is what God is doing in my life. And the second thing we need to do is we need to share Jesus. It says in verse 14, then he, Jesus, walked over to the coffin and touched it. Only Jesus could have walked over to that coffin. There are lots of important good things in life, like education. I grew up where like education was very important. It's important to me and my husband, team sports, activities, learning things and growing, all of that is important for us, but none of that saves us. Only Jesus can bring a soul back to life. And if you would say that you know somebody, a student, a child, a friend, that is lifeless and broken, the only thing, there's only one thing that can bring them, by, bring them back. The world is telling them something totally different and fighting for their attention, friends and sports, success, achievement, drugs, parties, alcohol. You and I struggle with those same temptations, but the only thing that can save them is not money and a career and a great relationship. The only thing, the only Jesus could have walked over and raised that, that woman's son from the dead. And only Jesus can do the same for your children. Maybe you're thinking, well, my kids are good. They actually, you know, follow the rules. They do good things. They have good manners. You know, we come to church, we, we teach them all the spiritual disciplines, but those are all amazing, amazing things. But if following the rules could have gotten us to eternal life, then Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. In the Old Testament, Moses tells us the only way to life is to follow 613 laws that no one could keep. But Jesus showed up and changed it all. Paul tells us in Romans that it's not about the laws anymore. In Romans 10 verse nine, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So my question for you is, are you teaching the people around you, your children, your friends, how to act like a good Christian? Are you showing them how to love their savior? The only thing that can save this next generation is a belief in Jesus. The only Jesus could walk up and tell that boy to get up. I actually have another student that I wanna want you to hear from. 
who would say that he thought he knew what he needed, education, a career, and all these things, but it wasn't until he met Jesus that he knew what was really important. So if you'll welcome Jalen Peoples. <laughs> Hi, Jalen. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. All right. You got the floor. Here you go. All right. Um, I hope everybody's having a blessed Sunday. <clears throat> good, good to see all you guys. Okay. So I remember just a year ago, I believed in Jesus and I called myself a Christian, but it was nothing impactful. I didn't ever really seek Jesus and I didn't seek to strengthen our relationship. And I just didn't really decide to follow Jesus. But the thing is, Jesus was in my life the whole time, and I just, I just wasn't seeking him. You know, he was there. I knew he was there, but I didn't sit there and actually pray. I didn't sit there and try to communicate with him. I kind of just, you could say I ignored him. I was lost, and I was confused. I didn't know where to go in life, and I just didn't know what path to take. I, I knew I had a purpose, but I didn't see the purpose in anything, and I looked at everything in the world with a, with a negative view. I, everything was pessimistic in myself. I was always angry, and I had so much hate in my heart for everything. I would prioritize and I would value things over Jesus. I didn't let him take control of my life, and because of that, I did not know where to go, and I felt lost. Um, to be put simply, I was just walking down a path of, of, of sin and, and of wrong. But it wasn't until late 2019, um, early 2020, that I actually decided to follow Jesus. I would regularly come here to Impact, and I just felt this, this connect. The words, the gospel, everything that I was hearing, it just it clicked with me. And it's hard to explain with words, but... It's as if there's a key that just turned something in my heart and unlocked a whole new chapter of my life that really was good. hidden. <clears throat> Jesus had placed this gleam of light that hit my soul directly. It hit my heart, and I could finally shine. Jesus placed people in my life and opportunities in my life that I decided to take, and, and it just turned my entire life upside down, but for the better. I let Jesus sit there and better my life and then I would, I would just let him change me. And, it, and it's amazing. It feels better than I can even describe. It's nothing short of a miracle. Letting Jesus into my life has made me happier as a person. And, and I prioritize things that truly matter. I prioritize Jesus and I prioritize our relationship. And I feel whole. I'm no longer empty. I'm no longer lost. I'm no longer confused because I'm following him. And if I follow him, I know that I'll be okay. I know that I will be good, I will be happy, and I will feel better. I have guidance, I have a drive, and all that is because of the Lord, it is because of Christ. Um, I know that as long as I'm following Jesus, I'll be okay, no matter what comes in my way, and every obstacle that's in my path I can turn to Jesus, and they're gone. Mm -hmm. And it's been that way ever since I decided to follow him. And as Noah, that as long as I'm following Jesus, 
I can't be going the wrong way in life. I have to arrive at a perfect destination that brings glory and that really helps me be better in life. I know 2020 has been a rough year, but I know that all of us and I can get through it as long as God is on our side, which he will always be. I know because I follow Jesus that I can find the best in myself and that my life is in good hands. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Jalen. I love Jalen's story. He's like a totally different kid that he showed up with uh, one of our other students, Brandon, about a year ago. And he, you know, has like a totally transformed by Jesus. And so I wanted to hear you to hear some of the stories of those students. Um, but so back to our story, we had the first thing, we wanted to give them a voice, which is why I'm having you all hear these stories. The second thing is we need to make sure they know Jesus because Jesus is the only thing. Like Jalen was definitely, he's a great kid education, governor scholar program, all of that. But it wasn't until he found Jesus that he said like, this is important, but God is number one, right? So the third thing that we need to do for the next generation is verse 13. It says, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. His heart overflowed with compassion. And the third thing we need to do is we need to have compassion. When we hear about what's happening with the next generation, when we see on the news the things that they're doing online or acting out, how do you feel? Do you feel angry or frustrated or do you have compassion towards them? My heart breaks for teenagers who are dead and don't even know it. It hurts for students that are struggling to fill a hole that only God can fill. They're trying to fill things by drugs or alcohol or sex or relationships or crime and violence and gangs. How does that make you feel? Do you have compassion for them? The older our kids get, the more they can feel the weight of the world on their shoulders and they're dealing with things like parents that are addicted or not around or they're struggling with anxiety and fear. Did you know eight out of 10 children between the ages of three and 17 are treated for depression? And six out of 10 are treated for anxiety? In 2017, there were 6,200 suicide deaths, deaths for the people between the ages of 15 and 24, the second leading cause of death in that age group. How many funeral processions do we have to experience to have a compassion for the next generation? How many times do we have to go to someone's funeral, literally, but also seeing them dead walking around before we have compassion towards them? Why do we show up week after week? Why do we clean up messes and deal with broken things? Because we love them. Why do we care so much? Because we have compassion. Because these students, your children, your nieces, your nephews, whoever it is, doesn't need more judgment and condemnation. They need us to show them mercy. They don't need more medication or a guilt trip for taking medication. They need us to be like Christ, full of love and compassion. When someone you know is lifeless, your heart should break for them the way that Jesus had compassion for this woman. You should want better for them. You should believe that God will do a miracle in them. And I actually have one more student that I wanna bring up here. 
Her story is absolutely incredible. So I want you all to give a big round of applause for Haley Sachs. Hey, Haley, how are you? Good, Good. How are you? Okay, I want you to tell everyone your story. Okay, so I started off like when I was younger, my mom would read us Bible stories, but I was young, so I didn't really understand it. And we never really went to church, and we never really talked about religion or anything. And so my family was never really religious. And then as I got older, my parents started to argue a lot, and the relationship became very, very toxic. So they ended up splitting up. And after that, that's when a lot of stuff went downhill. And my dad attempted suicide. My mom got with a new guy, and a few years later, they got on drugs together. And so that really took a toll on me and pushed me away from God, because never really having that relationship in the first place, and then all this bad stuff happening, I didn't understand how someone supposed to bring so much good to people could like do that to someone, like especially so young. And I never understood what I did so wrong to lose a relationship with my mom and almost lose my dad. And then my cousins became a huge part of me not believing in God because they really, really wanted me to. They pushed me to go to church every week. And so about a month ago, I went to a Sunday service and we went in the car after to leave and I fell in love with it. I told them I wanted to come back and I wanted to come as much as possible and get involved with it. And that's exactly what I did. And on Wednesday night, we went that week and I went home and I prayed for the first time alone in about like two years. And I felt the Holy Spirit take a hold of my heart and give it to Jesus. I had chills down my body and it was the most amazing feeling I've ever felt in my whole entire life. And since then, I've seen the world in such a more positive light. Before all the negative, I saw it as like, why would you do this? And now I see it as God working on a plan for someone or something going on. And I, I just want everyone to know that if you don't have a relationship with God, no matter how old you are, no matter how far you've run, you can always start a relationship with him. He's never gonna leave you. He doesn't give up on you. He's always there. And I just, I'm so glad to call myself a Christian and now say that I can thank God that my dad's still here with me because if not, I'd be in foster care. And I can thank him for not taking my mom away and thank him for keeping her alive, knowing that he's gonna take her down the right path eventually. And I just want to thank Hope City for leading me back into the right direction. <laughs> and yeah, that's my story. Awesome. So awesome. <laughs> it's okay. I remember sitting there talking to Haley a couple uh, weeks ago about this and not much has changed on the outside, but everything is different on the inside. That She's like, I know I went through a lot, but it was to get me to where I am with Jesus. And so I just wanted you to hear that story and just know that having compassion for these students can lead them to Christ. I want a generation of kids that love Jesus, that grow into men and women of God, 
that share the gospel because Jesus raised them from the dead. We need to give them a voice. We need to show them Christ through compassion. I'm not saying like drop your kids off on Wednesday nights and everything will be perfect, but I am saying that only Jesus can save them. Only Jesus can save us. And they can find freedom and we can help. It may not be today, it may not be this year or this decade, but God can restore them. And my prayer is that you lead them in this. At Hope City, we love our students. We love them in their brokenness and we accept every piece of them that they are. And we will do whatever it takes to lead them to the Lord. So I want you to make this commitment with me today because our students deserve better. Our students deserve people that are leading them to Christ. I want you to make a commitment to be praying for the next generation. Make a commitment to be showing them Christ by love and compassion. Making a commitment that if they're on your team or something doing around here, that you're encouraging them even if they're doing something wrong because they need it, right? Make a commitment to say, we will do whatever it takes to make sure this next generation knows the love of Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to speak today about our students. God, we thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of their lives. Lord, we believe that you are the only thing that can raise us from the dead of a life of emptiness and brokenness, God. God, we thank you for bringing us to you, bringing these students to you, knowing that you are all that we need, God. I pray for the hearts of the parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles in the room that are worried about their child or worried about someone in their life that doesn't know you. God, I pray that you give them peace knowing that you have it under control, that they are your children first, that they don't have to worry about their future because it's in your hands, God. God, I pray that we can lead the way in this. God, I pray that we can make a commitment to pour into the next generation knowing that they need you just as much as we all need you. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. In your holy name, we pray. Amen.